buckle up and get ready for the journey as we navigate the ongoing relationship between belief and life, theology and doxology, or as we like to say, theodox. Welcome to the Theodox Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Theodox Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Gracie Calhoun. And I'm Joshua Brooks, and today we have the pleasure of having Mr. Mike Dixon with us. Howdy. Say hello, everybody. Say hello to Mike. Woo, hello, hello, hello. All right. So Mike, uh, tell us one conspiracy theory that you think is true, or most likely true. Oh, conspiracy. Well, which one hasn't come true? That's, I think, a bigger question. Um, I sound like, I feel like you're dodging the question. I guess if I were to throw one out there, even though I don't know a whole lot about it, you know, did we really land on the moon? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, how uh, could we true. if the earth is flat? <laughs> Don't go back to well, last episode. <laughs> it, you, can, you can go down that rabbit hole. Uh, I have listened to uh, this one guy make his case as far as like the photographs that were taken mm. and the shadows and all this stuff. It seems compelling. Is it yeah. a, just a Hollywood production? Exactly. Likely? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that. Space may be the final frontier, but it's made in a Hollywood basement. <laughs> Do you know which band that is? No. Okay. I'm sorry. Somebody listening does, and they will comment on that. If you Maybe. comment on that, you're the winner. All right. Um, but, Mike, in all seriousness, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I am, uh, I am married to a wonderful woman for 18 years, Hannah. We have six children, and uh, we relocated here to Greenwood about eight years ago, and I work for the uh, local hospital here. And... Um, yeah, we, we really enjoy Greenwood and have awesome. really liked it. So I, I did I did not know that you were Catholic. You have I, six kids. I am not Catholic. Oh, and I do have six kids. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you making a joke about birth control? Well, it was it, it's either Catholic or Mormon. Yeah. You know, I, I get both, um, well, or or the nasty stare. Like yeah. You, like do you realize what? what so we we gr- I grew up in Greenwood, and for a short period of time we moved away. And of course, when you move away from your hometown, you meet all these new people. And every time somebody would find out we had four kids, they were like, oh, you have a bunch of kids. Yeah. And my wife would just get so irritated. She's like, no, bananas come in bunches. We don't have bananas. <laughs> we have kids. And it's just four. You that's know? right. That's it's right. It's not like it's 12. And well, I know people with 12. And but that's a bunch of kids. It is. And, and it, it's and part of it is sad because sometimes they'll accuse you of overpopulating the earth. <laughs> Dang. Maybe another conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh, indeed. Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> we'll have to come back to that one. <laughs> so our podcasts have been kind of started broad and we're getting narrower and narrower. And then we'll get on specific topics as we continue to go. Um, so we began with just a broad conversation of theology, uh, how that leads to doxology. Previously, we talked about scripture, how it's the the means of studying God of means for theology. And so to get a little more specific than with that, we want to talk about the gospel. Um, yeah, yeah. And I've been thinking about this since like our last episodes um, have kind of gone this way. Um, but before we get into the specifics of the gospel of Jesus, um, how are believers and non-believers alike um, in the general pursuit of good news? Okay. So I guess you, you're, just starting with the the word gospel meaning right, good, good news, news. Yeah. and so how are believers and non-believers similar, similarly Lee. pursuing or looking for good news yes yeah. how are we alike in that way or how we respond to good news 
is also, because I would say, you know, uh, something similar with the gospel, something of good news, everybody loves good news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is the good news talking about? And how do, how do, how does somebody respond to that? Um, one thing, uh, when I think of good news, I know this is silly. Obviously there's Christ Jesus mm-hmm. reconciliation with God. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's dope. Yeah, it, it, As very, Ryan would say. <laughs> yep. Um, but, uh, you know, there was a, there was a grocery store that had uh, prime rib on sale for five seventy a pound. Mm. And it's like, that is a steal of a deal. Who in the world would not want to take advantage of that? Everybody I saw, what was I doing? Yeah. I was telling them about this great deal. Mm. I was like, this is good news. I think everyone has um, a hope of something or an anticipation of something coming about mm-hmm. um, that gives them a sense of, yeah, just hope. And, and, with, and good news does that. You know, whether you are hearing good news right away or whether you're anticipating good news, uh, it does something for us without an anticipation of that or a hope. I feel like we just wallow in hopelessness. Believers and non-believers alike need a hope. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, there's also, what, is, what does that look like between the two? A non-believer, they can have a false hope. Right. They can have a sense of hope yeah. that might carry them. Yeah. A temporal, just, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Temporarily. Uh, but that runs out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when they don't get the picture, when they don't understand what exactly this this good news or hope is, they're going to look for something else that yeah. fills it. Mm-hmm. But then that goes away. And so it's like this rat race. Mm-hmm. It's this hamster wheel. And eventually, if it's not immediately based on circumstances, chronic false hope right. mm-hmm. will lead to that almost despair. Like, yeah. what is there? Well, what scripture there? talks about that. Deferred hope makes the heart sick. That's right. And so even for a non-believer with, with hope that something's going to transpire or this is going to fill it and then it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen, it is deferred hope. I mean, because we can look at like the anticipation of maybe a promotion that motivates us um, to work harder or some good news with a specific life event. Um, so these can, like you're saying, all be circumstantial mm-hmm. that drive us um, to be happy. Like my happiness is the driving force. Um the anticipation of the government taking care of us, making me feel secure. If anybody feels that way, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but we are all yes, um, we're all in need of good news, and we all strive for um, a hope and an anticipation right. and something good. Yeah, the cool thing about the gospel it is is that it's the message of good news. It's the hope. It's the anticipation, and it supersedes. Um, all these temporal things That's right. right and it builds security it motivates us it, it does all of these things it's stable it's consistent it, it doesn't fluctuate it is what it is yeah i kind of <laughs> um i likened it to wings of joy hmm. uh it's something like good news is something that's carried so yeah. it's delivered and what it brings and when we're talking about the hope we have in christ jesus the gospel that we know um that is it, it's not just happiness because happiness obviously can fluctuate. Right. Um, but joy, joy is something that is a lot more sustaining. It's a lot more stable. No matter the circumstances that you have, the joy is still there right. because the hope is eternal. Mm-hmm. It's the undercurrent 
that gets you through life circumstances. Yep. Um, so getting more specific, since y'all are talking about more of the gospel of Jesus now, um, which, you know, I'm for it. Let's go. Um, <laughs> You're for the gospel? I'm for the gospel, Oh, that's guys. good to know. Let's go. Um, <laughs> so we've kind of drilled this down to four main points of the gospel. So maybe tell us a couple of the first. Yeah, so I think if we look at, and I know we've mentioned this in several podcasts already, the grand narrative of scripture is in essence the summary of the gospel. And that's the beautiful thing about scripture being coherent. This gospel message, this meta narrative is woven throughout. And so we're constantly reading the gospel as we read uh, scripture, whether we know it or not. And so it's always the story. So, I mean, I guess I would just start with um, the first point being that, that God is the creator. He's the sovereign ruler. If he's the creator, then he's the owner and he's the one that deserves everything from us. Yeah. yeah. That's right. He deserves all submission, adoration because he is holy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we move from there, like uh, even if, if we read that in scripture, as we read about God's uh, sovereign rule, his attributes, his holiness, his character, um, then we see clearly the converse of that, which is what we are in as just humans in general, just mm-hmm. humanity in general, which scripture is blatant on that too. Like we are fallen, sinful creatures that rebel against God. You know, when we read about how God is perfect, we... Are yeah, the opposite. The, yeah, we're, we're not, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, so we see the, the God is the creator. We see that humans are fallen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, just to <clears throat> even tag on that second or, point. Or develop them, yeah. With, um, with uh, you have the holy God, the creator of all things, and then man whom he created uh, in his image, initially perfect worshiping. Yeah. And uh, then we had the fall. And so there's still this, this essence where people, they may not, they, they don't think of themselves as in that, that fallen state. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might be hanging on to that false hope and everything's hunky-dory or there's that, um, there's other things. But what, what I think is when you, when you encounter God, even if you don't, you haven't experienced him, but if you encounter him in his holiness, right. the automatic response is, I'm unworthy. So I think what you're saying is that people are fallen in their fallenness. They don't even realize they're fallen. So therefore they think of themselves as being good um, and not, not even knowing that. And then in God revealing himself in scripture, they start to see that. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I think they can, not only do they get it from scripture, they can get it from being around somebody else, a Christian who is, um, emanating right. the spirit of God. Um, but, uh, you know, self it, it, it's blinding yeah. mm-hmm. when you're, when you're focused in on yourself, you can think the world of yourself mm-hmm. and not have anything else to say about it. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and I, th- I think it's more prevalent than we realize. Oh, I'm I mean, a pretty good person, you know, you're pretty good at it. <laughs> you're pretty good at thinking about yourself. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, believer, non-believer alike, that's, that's our hurdle. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we are Self. selfish, prideful beings. And that's what the number one point on this gets at. It establishes that God is the creator and we are not. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the second point says that explicitly, which is that humans are fallen. We're sinful. We're, you know, due to our sinful nature. I think, I, I think it was Sproul. I love how he said, uh, we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. And, um, you know, it orients that correctly, that we know that I'm going to do these things because of the sinful state that preexisted um, in me. That's what renders us hopeless. We're deserving of God's mm-hmm. eternal wrath. Yeah, and you know what's the, the hopelessness is interesting because not only can we grab onto false hopes, but we can also just hide behind something like, for example, you know, I, I think of something like social media. Hmm. We can put a front up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it paints a picture like everything is okay. Right. And people, they'll roll with it. Mm-hmm. And they won't, they won't self-reflect. They won't look at themselves necessarily through their own lens. They're only going to look at it through what they right. are actually posting mm-hmm. on social media. And it's almost like an, al- an alternative world right. for people. So it's, uh, there, there's, there's hurdles because there's something that is leading people away from maybe looking at themselves, like asking those tough questions, like where, where am I at in this, this big picture? Yeah. You know, is there a creator? Well, let's just stick to what's on Facebook or whatever the, the new social media is. They can right. hide behind it. What is the new social? You're, you're the youngest one here. Oh gosh, I'm not plugged into all that. So I'm TikTok. sorry. I'm a bad Gen Zer. I'm a bad Gen Zer. Uh, yes, you are me. bad. We just talked about that. Yeah, well, here's me admitting it. Um, but going to like the third point. So we talked about, you know, God is the creator. He's sovereign. He deserves all adoration, submission mm-hmm. from us. Mic drop, done, you know, but not done. Um, two, humans are fallen. It's our sinful nature, but we also do it actively. We're pretty good at it, um, even though sometimes we might not see it. Um, there are about leaves us hopeless, um, deserving of God's eternal wrath. And then three, that point, three out of four, um, God the Father determined he would reconcile sinful humans um, by sending Jesus, also God, um, to perfectly obey the law and be our representative to absorb God's eternal wrath in our place um, and conquer death. Hmm. I feel like I should say that very somberly because it's like, <laughs> that's just like, it makes me want to well up with tears every and, time. Uh, you know, somberly as in like sad? No, somberly as like a reverent, like a, right. this is amazing truth. Like, because when you know yeah. point two, right. you know point one, you know point two. So then point three makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. This is the power, this is the power of salvation. Right. Right. This is, this is, um, Man, it makes you want to, yeah, cry, dance, yeah. Mm-hmm. sing for joy. I mean, this is this is what everybody that that you know what we were talking about is that there's this hopelessness. Mm-hmm. This is the answer to the hopelessness, right? Where people can all of a sudden come to reality. All this temporary stuff that I thought could bring it doesn't work, but all of a sudden, here comes this reconciliation from the Creator, right? Saying to man. I've made a way. I've provided what you need to get out of this hopelessness and provides the perfect hope, Mm -hmm. the eternal hope. Um, And I I love this because it it really, it brings a joy to my heart. Uh, My oldest brother, 42 years old, he uh, just became a Christian like three weeks ago. Hmm. Oh, wow. wow. It is, it is awesome indeed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously nobody uh, watching except for family members would know 
the, the before and after, mm -hmm. but um, to see him now, that's the power of this reconciliation right. mm -hmm. in the hope being given to somebody. And it is a joy. Mm -hmm. I mean, to see, it, it's just, it is transformational uh, to see my brother living in this hope, this reconciliation with his maker now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, I still can't get over it. Because right. it is transformative. Yes. Like there, you can't claim to have this salvation without it transforming your heart because we are so eternally cut off originally that if we're going to claim to have now communion, we're going to have to at least have a hint of Christ in us. That's yeah. right. AKA the Holy Spirit, <laughs> you know, like, That's right. yeah, um, yeah. We're going to have to have that. So it will be transformative. We will see the evidence um, and that new identity. And it makes it worth talking about. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. The good news. Yeah, because it's not based. I mean, we didn't have we haven't even gotten into the um, that that salvation is by faith alone. It, but and if you think about point three, even the way you worded it, mm -hmm. it's all based on God's work, mm -hmm. which is also showing us that it's not because I learned something or I'm smart enough or I figured this out or right. I worked my way into it. It's the understanding that no, uh, in, in comparison to God and his standard, I am doomed for all eternity unless he does something. Yeah. Right. That's and what so, makes it more amazing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about reconciliation and it's really in that orientation of I'm completely undeserving and I can do nothing about it. That's the hopelessness. And then to see God say, here is God in the flesh, the representative of all uh, obedience and righteousness, who will take on my wrath for you by faith in him, we're reconciled. Mm -hmm. Amen. And, and so therein lies the, the humbling nature of it. it, it, it the gospel is an equalizer because we're going to get into that a little bit more. So. But doesn't this just tie into our doxology podcast that yes. we did as well? Because um, the more we learn about how great and perfect and awesome God is, and then the opposite of that, how terrible and dead and completely cut off, eternally doomed we are, the more like praise will come from us just in learning the sacrifice that Jesus made um, from this. So yes, like it, just bringing back that doxology yeah. podcast as well for a second. So after, you know, God conquer, or God through Jesus conquering death, um, absorbing God's eternal wrath, um, God will make all things right. So he'll deliver um, eternal wrath to those apart from Christ and then eternal purity for all those who recognize their sinfulness. Um, and they those again who turn from their own desires and trust Christ for righteousness. Yeah. So that kind of being our fourth point of that future hope um, right. and then future damnation as well. <laughs> the very word salvation means there is something we're being saved from. That's mm -hmm. right. And so you can't talk about the gospel without talking about um, God's justice and his wrath. And that is the very thing. Our hopelessness because of what we deserve is the very thing that makes the reconciliation mind-blowing to infinity and beyond. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, we're trying to put it in words and you it can't. It doesn't suffice. No. no. 
but it, but we sense it because that's what wells up in the joy. Like we understand it's big. This mm-hmm. is something that's beyond right. us and it's given to us. And, and you know, and, and we're talking about this reconciliation with our maker, the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but then, and, and I just, and just revisiting the third point and conquering death, mm. like that's something that we, that when I think of death, I think as, as a primary fear factor hmm. for man. Yeah. We make a lot of decisions. We do a lot of things based on <laughs> this idea of fear. Yeah. Are we yeah. still going to mm-hmm. be here? And then now we're offered salvation uh, and, and to conquer death that no longer has a hold right. on us. So we're, 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 we're given reconciliation. We are given life and we're given freedom from yeah. the power of death. And I think, um, and then of course, in point four, it keeps going, right? Yeah. This is not just this single moment in mm-hmm. time. It's something that we have and we continue to experience mm-hmm. here and then forevermore. Right. And it's, uh, boy, it's like the thankfulness, you, there's no end. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, it, you can just keep being thankful because like you were saying, mm-hmm. we've been saved from something eternal mm-hmm. to something eternal. Mm-hmm. Like there's this unending thankfulness that we can, we can yeah. give to the Lord. We're not just forgiven and sit, sit there That's in our right. forgiveness. We have an inheritance yes. too. So we are so grateful and thankful and joyful in our forgiveness and that grace, but also in our inheritance and in where right. we're going. So, um, all and. So let's do this real quickly. Let's run through these four points and just think about and maybe have some quick dis- points on how each one of these um, affect your daily life? Like how does it affect you daily to, to remind yourself, whether it's through song, through scripture, through preaching to yourself, through hearing someone else in conversation. But so let's start with point one to, to be reminded that God is the Holy creator who owns everything. How is that? Um, how does that affect you on a daily basis? Um, I would say it helps us to not become materialistic um, in the here and now. It helps me to not, um, because naturally holding on to what I have and this is my stuff. And is this kind of the question you're asking here? No, sure. Um, I'm making sure I'm I'm asking the question, but you're giving whatever (laughs) answer you want to. I guess so. It's relative. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I'm not so focused on this is my house. These are my things. These are mine, 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 mine. You know who owns it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, this isn't my money. This isn't my home. Like, um, being good stewards of our stuff. So that would kind of be the opposite of that. Since I'm not so, I would say, so materialistic. I'm not saying I'm not materialistic at all. we need to point you to point two, which is who humans are fallen, because I think you oh. need to know how good you are. <laughs> I said I'm not. S- <laughs> I don't know what I but said. But it elicits more thankfulness. <laughs> yes. You know, when you realize just how fallen you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm more Dang. thankful. I'm more I may thankful. have put in a corner here. <laughs> Sorry. I may have cut you off, but I thought it was good. Um, yeah, for, for me, uh, it, I mean, I I'm think used to it. It keeps, it keeps me in check. Yeah. It keeps yeah. me in my place yeah. because I think, isn't that one of the, hmm. isn't that one of the things of man? We think that we can become mm-hmm. God. Right. So when we actually realize the reality that there's only one God and we're actually subservient to him, uh, who's worthy of it. And, uh, that it, it got, realizing that keeps us humble. Yeah. And, uh, and like, well, we are, what was it? Um, 
what can the, why, what does the clay have to do with saying anything right. to the potter, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot that, you know, we're capable of. Um, it's very easy throughout my day to, like, just know I can do this. I got this. Yeah. And that, that just starts to swell, like, you you recognize your own talents you recognize your own skills and abilities and you know so i think it's very easy to begin to think more highly of ourselves than we should and we're being reminded of this is that mm -hmm. humbling of going no you're really mm -hmm. you know as we just talked about in the previous podcast when when god confronts job and says where were you you know, and he runs oh, through the man, yeah. list of things, Some and it's just awesome. Great couple chapters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would hate to be on that end. I no know. doubt. But, man, it is awesome, though. So no doubt. But, yeah, it, so I think that's the another thing that I think is good when it comes to other people, um, and maybe this is the second point, so I might be bleeding over here, but I think it's good for us to know that, yeah, it is bleeding over. So I'm going to I'm going to point two. All right. All right. So all right. flip um, that page. Yeah. Good. All right. Done. So it's good for us to know that we're all the same. Yes. Because not only do we have a tendency to think too highly of ourselves in comparison to God, but we have a tendency to think too highly of ourselves in comparison to other people. Yes. As, and true. as Christians, and it's become you know the cultural norm to to think that Christians, and maybe because we've presented ourselves this way, but that we think lesser of people around us and it's very good and humbling to be reminded that in my essence in my nature i'm no better than anyone else i am in as much need of reconciliation to god as everyone else so therefore i can't think of myself higher than them i think yeah i did just bleed right over yeah <laughs> it's so, okay we flipped on the page. point too yeah anybody yeah <laughs> yeah that well that was the that was the exact thing that i was thinking is it's a it's a it's a level field at 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 the man level mm -hmm. yeah you know there there is no one uh that is above uh grace and what god has to offer through christ um and i think it's interesting because how is it we're talking about the gospel this good news which is you know when there's good news, you want to talk about it. You know, is there something uh, as Christians, when we share the good news, is there something that we do that makes it seem like we have something more? You know, like we're, we, we got something better. We, we know something more. It, it's, it, it might depend, but sometimes people look at us, well, you, you think you're better than me because you have something that I don't. And I think if you don't address that issue, like, no, we're, we're the same, like right. yeah. we're on the same level. I actually have good news for you mm -hmm. that I know and I wanna share with you out of love. Mm -hmm. And yep. it's it's this hope that we're talking about. Yeah, I would say this also like causes us to trust, like for us to learn more about how terrible we are, it causes us to trust in the one who is good and who is perfect. Um, and that might be a point one and two and three um, and three. So <laughs> no, but that's great. They all bleed. Um, but it helps us rely on the one who can accomplish yeah. um, the one who is in control, um, all powerful, all knowing um, all the things that we are not. Um, yeah. It helps us to um, have humility. Yes, but also relinquish that hold that we think we have. Yeah. In a sense. And thinking about this from the from the Christian perspective, um, we need to preach this to ourselves as well. And so I think number two is a good point of reminding me that I need to continually be repenting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't get away from that as Christians. Uh, obviously, the gospel, Paul says, um, it is the power of God to salvation. And I, I have these somewhere because I wanted to quote them and I can't remember. But um, there's also a passage where he says, um, it refers to the gospel as us being saved. And so we know that as believers, we need to be preaching this message to ourselves. And, and that's because we're ongoingly going to recognize more and more of our sin, uh, things that we didn't see before, we didn't know was there, and then uh, driving us to repentance um, and through so we can experience reconciliation um, with God. And I know we get into a whole host of things when it comes to like positional justification and all of that, but you know, the gospel, all this is there in scripture and it's there repeatedly. Yeah. And I, and you know, that's funny that you mentioned that term that I don't know if I've heard it exactly like that, but something that's really, which uh, one, what prop, what'd you say? Positional, positional justification? justification. I know a justification is, um, but, and, and I'm sure I've heard the concept. I'm not savvy with with terms like that. But uh, what's beautiful about good news is the simplicity of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We see very simply who God is. We see very simply who man is. We see very simply what God has provided to man to reconcile to himself. Right. And then very simply what he offers even after that, this inheritance. Mm-hmm. And that is, that makes the good news that much more gooder. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, yeah. man, that's sweet because even even a, a child can understand that positional justification just being that positionally we were made right with God and nothing changes that Christ has redeemed us and nothing changes that. And some take that so far to mean that we never seek forgiveness or repent. Oh, I see. So, yeah, I was just meaning that um, I, I do agree that we're made right with God. Um, but ongoing repentance is all throughout the New Testament. That's right. Yeah. So um, there's something that has to be worked out there. So, I mean, I, I probably just... Because we're in the already not yet. Exactly. Well, and it's another it's another aspect of we're, we're to keep us Being, humble. Say, yeah, mm-hmm. that too, yeah. You know, we're, ne- we're, we're never at that point to where oh, I, don't, I don't need to ask for any more forgiveness. Right. <laughs> even though I may, have, I may have done this. So clearly the gospel is a message of God's work. Um, that awakens our conscience and moves us to repentance and faith. Um, I guess, is there kind of going to a question here? Is it safe to say that a message called the gospel that doesn't include these main points, a false gospel? I will let you answer that one. Are there false gospels? No, not, not if, just are if there a false. message that's called the gospel, is, right? And it doesn't include these four elements. Is, is it, it the gospel? Is it, is it a false gospel? Uh, yeah. Well, so this is this is my my thing with that. Uh, there's a real danger with the word itself, okay? <laughs> because how often do you just hear people say for the gospel, right? But mm-hmm. there's no context, so it's almost like they could be doing something and say, well, this is the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it changes everything. Right. It's like, okay, but what exactly are you talking about? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I equate this with the characteristics of God. Hmm. You cannot isolate a single attribute of God and disregard everything right. else and him still be God. Yeah. Hmm. He exercises all those perfectly and constantly uh, without hiccup. And when I hear, the, when, I, when I think of the gospel, when I think of 
the, the intention and the purpose, the plan behind what God has given of himself mm-hmm. to give to us, uh, yeah, I think it's the utmost importance right. to make sure we include every point. Because like uh, I think, Gracie, you may have mentioned earlier, if you miss one, you know, mm-hmm. what was what it? Paul said, if, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, if what's the point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're, we were to be pitied. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So if, if you're leaving out sin, if you're leaving out repentance, if you're leaving out grace, if you're leaving out any one of these things, I, w- I would personally say that is a false gospel. Because it can get steered a certain way very quickly. Um, yeah, well, you're losing very necessary elements. I yeah. mean, this if you don't talk about God being the creator or God's eternal wrath and you just say, hey, isn't your life just a muck? And don't you just need things to be better? Aren't you hopeless? Then turn to Jesus. Well, we would all agree. We just said Jesus provides hope. Mm-hmm. Like we're not disagreeing with that, but it's just leaving out mm-hmm. what we said makes this really good news. That's right. Um, I, I'm, so if, if we were to say, okay, when we turn out of here tonight or everybody who's in all these restaurants and everything, if they turn and out of here tonight, room. yeah. And all these thousands hey of guys. people, sitting <laughs> in the room, if, if everyone who turns out of here tonight goes down this road this way and if everyone who, who goes down there is gonna die before they get to the red light, but you're gonna make it home safe. Now that just went, that we could have just said, Mike, you're gonna make it home safe tonight. And you'd be like, okay, that's pretty decent news. But in light of everything else, that's insane news. It's like a right. Like why do I deserve to be the one who gets past that? Why, what's, how, how am I worthy of that? Right. You know, so you're not. You, it's not insane good news. It's not amazing grace if it's just, yeah. I need something to make my life better and this this will do it. I'm gonna try Jesus. Yep. Yeah, that definitely kind of talks more into the circumstantial rather than the um, I'm messed up and the personal like I need a savior. I am but dust. Like I am <laughs> We are but dust. Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> So funny story before. (laughs) Yeah, I was like. (laughs) So we were at a church and um, they were younger. We had, she's our oldest kid. So we have three others younger, but um, and the, and the, the worship leader is talking in between songs and he's reading scripture or I think anyway, or he was just maybe talking, but he says we are, but dust. And he was meaning like, we are, we're nothing right, except right. dust. And obviously me being the mature dad that I am, we <laughs> look down the aisle and I make eye contact with a couple of my daughters. And it was just like, we just, you know, thankfully we contained it, but yeah, we are, so but, I just, we are, like, but that's become part of our lingo now. We are, butt dust. I was like, man, that was an insider that I just like completely out of context. Yeah, I, I, no I, longer I, insider. I didn't, no. I didn't, I didn't think it was appropriate to leave it as an insider. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I mean, people are like, that. what is that? That makes more sense. Like she just caught it on butt nuts. Well, so. Listen, you picked the right moment. I mean, this was the best moment you could have done that. Before. Yeah. <laughs> and I do think most of the time when the word, the gospel is used, people tend to think, yes, evangelism. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's my own thought on that. I mean, I think people that or probably regular churchgoers may not think a lot about, I need to hear the gospel, you know? Yeah, I would personally, I would actually say it's probably flipped. Okay. I don't know a lot of people who are actually just sharing the gospel. Well, yeah. 
And, and, uh, but you know what? They may not be telling themselves either. Right. It just, it may be both bad things. Mm -hmm. When I, when I think, and I, and I'll, I mentioned earlier, wings of joy, um, good news is meant to be shared. Right. It is Mm -hmm. meant to be carried out. Um, and, and what, what does this ultimately lead to? You know, I'm thinking about the theology doxology. Yeah. It leads to worship. Right. It mm-hmm. leads to acknowledging and praising God. And um, we want as many people doing that as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the good news is to go out, make disciples. Um, and, you know, one story, it's funny because I, I was thinking about this. Um, even in the beginning, when the angels came to the shepherds, mm-hmm. And they said, we bring good news of joy. Mm-hmm. Right. A savior has been born, right? And what do they do? They go and they worship. Mm-hmm. So you see like this theology, yeah. this, this new knowledge, mystery revealed, the savior's born. Right. And then it elicits worship. They go and they worship. Right. We have to remind ourselves yeah. because we're so prone. We're, we're in, and not to mention we're, we're in a battle. Like we're totally in a battle against the culture, against false gospels, um, against the, the small petty things, even within our own lives, you know, whether it's yeah. in family and stuff to be reminded of who God is, who we are, what he's provided for us and what that means. Right. And, um, it's, it's, it's really good to preach to ourselves and it's really good to, to share with others. I guess kind of thinking about it in the same sense as we need to be continual in our repentance, um, almost a sense of continuing to um, preach this to ourselves or to be reminded of this, to chew on this daily, because no one talks to you more than you do. So what I say to myself, what I'm giving myself, what I consume, what I um, ponder on and meditate on is so important good or bad, what it's going to lead me to. So to, in that same vein, thinking about, you know, chewing on the gospel, um, meditating on that, um, because that's going to be proactive and reactive. It's going to play the offense and the defense. Um, Before times get bad, it's going to ground me. It's going to make me stand firm during those hardships. Um, You know, I won't be so tossed to and fro. by life, but also in the reactive when things do go really bad and I mess up and I sin or I'm facing temptations, like I can come back to it and see God forgives. Like Mm -hmm. there is hope, there is salvation. And yes, we still mess up and knowing that. So it it plays the offense and the defense. Um, So it it is so important um, to preach to ourselves daily. So the one of the biggest problems with any false gospel is that they don't get at the true deepest need of human. The deepest need of all humans is that we are rebels to God. And so when that deepest need is, is remedied, then all other needs pale in comparison. And it's not to mean that other needs don't affect us or other situations. Obviously they do, but we are still able to worship throughout all other things um, and situations, knowing that our deepest need is resolved. Um, so uh, we, we kind of used to play a game, uh, uh, what worst case scenario. And so when you're talking about the fear of death and that was like always, you know, somebody would go to that pretty quickly. And, and it's died. like, <laughs> yeah, and then you do this and then you die, you know, and 
but that fear is removed. Uh, all, all, and that sounds petty to say all fears are removed um, because we still wrestle with things in life. But, but yeah, that elicits worship. I would encourage all of you, um, if you are uh, walking with Christ or not, um, to think on the gospel, to think on these points we've made, to talk with those around you that, that can um, expand on this more. There's still so much more in here that's enriching that we haven't talked about even. Um, but if you have any other questions or anything, other topics you would like to hear us talk about, you can email us at theodoxpodcast at gmail.com. We appreciate you logging on and listening. Hope you have a great day. That's a wrap.